Welcome into the Baseball Insiders on this beautiful Thursday. So good to join everybody for the second show this week. As always, I'm Adam Weiner. That has never changed. Today I'm wearing the Washington National City Connect hat, which they are retiring. Why are they doing that? You find something good, keep it. Don't always search for the next thing. That stupid Philly City Connect jersey is horrendous, and that's what happens when you do that. And joining me, as always, to talk about not jerseys, not uniforms, but transactions, maybe a little bit jerseys, is fan-sided MLB insider Robert Murray. Robert, how you doing, dude? Thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you for being here with me. I'm doing great. Uh, life is good. Uh, the offseason is continuing to do its thing. We had some action yesterday, as promised, on the last Baseball Insiders that involved the San Diego Padres. Uh, getting Wandy Peralta, which is not something that many people expected by any means, but the Padres have cornered the bullpen market this offseason and continue to upgrade it. And there's more action behind the scenes, although still no movement yet for the big boys that are represented by Scott Boris. Um, not great. Uh, so we're continuing to chug along. And as always, Canyon owns Jacob in the comments. That's mm -hmm. just a yeah, I mean, everyone knows that at this point. But Adam Winder, how are you? I am good. Uh, two Peraltas showed up yesterday, Willie and Wandy. We'll talk about the complexities of Wandy's deal a little bit. The Colt Keith extension over the weekend with the Tigers got me a little bit curious about which prospects could potentially be pursuing those early extensions. You know I'm always thinking about that, as well as which prospects could just be in play to start the season. But the focus of today's show I've got a list of the five teams I think still have to do the most to get ready before opening day. I'll ask for Robert's thoughts on those. We'll take questions as we always do. We'll empty the notebook as we always do. And as we always do, this show is sponsored by DraftKings. They're offering a fantastic sign-up bonus for new users. You. Yes, you in the crowd. No, not you, the guy who designed the Philly City Connect jersey. But everybody else can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim $150 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER. One word, using that code BASEBALLINSIDER, singular. Again, Robert is the insider, right? I'm just a dude. So that's how you remember it. Not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code Baseball Insider to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. And hit us with a YouTube membership if you have not yet joined. Join at the link on this channel. Uh, you can get priority question asking if you join at a certain level. So that could come in handy on a day like today and a place to converse with Robert and I between shows. Don't hate it. Don't knock it till you tried it. Um, I see the list is already piling up of uh, Daniel Kern hit the Red Sox nail on the head here. He's got the Red Sox as all five teams that still need to make moves before opening day. Uh, spoiler alert, I do have them. And these are not in order, so we might as well just start there. I do have the Red Sox on my list of five teams that have the most to accomplish before the season. I have them there because I just want them to pick a lane. Either sell your fans on one big move or admit that it's 2025. Because either way, that's something that still has to be accomplished. Stop, stop lying 
and accomplish the choosing of a direction. That's my take on the Red Sox at this point in time. And that's exactly my take too. And if you like, when you think of the Boston Red Sox, you think of a team that big market, you think of a team that's going to spend, you think of a team that's going to annually be in the world series conversation. And as of this point, you look at that team. Yeah, they have talent, but that does not scream a world series team that at this point, it seems like they're more likely than not going to finish toward the bottom of the division. And like they have so much talent, they invested three hundred plus million dollars in Rafael Devers. Surround him with elite talent, and you have Jordan Montgomery literally in your backyard. His wife has what is it residency in in Boston, and he would fit that roster and atop that rotation seamlessly. He's got obviously experience pitching in big games. He's got experience pitching in the AL East. Makes so much sense. Um, and then if if you don't get a Montgomery type, maybe you go after a Jorge Soler. I mean, I know he's been mentioned in rumors on Twitter, and I think that fit could make a lot of sense for the Red Sox. But as of this point, their owner made comments about them going full throttle and then took those all the way back. And now it seems like, at least as of this point, there's been reports indicating that their payroll is going to end up being lower than it was last year, which not great. But they can rectify that with one signing. And I think if they do turn it around, they should go after Montgomery or Solaire. It's just funny. It makes you wonder which one is the lie, right? Because they said they were going full throttle. Then they got their season tickets. You know, they got that money in order. And then they said this year's payroll will be lower than next year's. But now they still have an opportunity to go a little fuller throttle so they can make the second thing the lie if they wanted to. I love the Solaire fit there. And we made it clear on the last show, I don't think the Red Sox roster is bad. I just think it's a last place roster in the AL East right now, unless things break their way. But they could e- it's good enough that they could supplement it and make it a playoff contender, make it a legitimately scary team. Um, and as comic things is, is in the comments saying, they have four rings and so forth. I have not forgotten that. Robert? Um, I don't know if this is out on Twitter yet, but Richard Blair, their reliever, is going to the Nationals. Um, that is, I don't know if that's out there. I'm not on the Twitter machine, but uh, that is something that has happened. So there we go. Well, there's that. Uh, I like Tim, former Red Sox. Um, yeah, I think it's important that the comments, look, I've gotten on Red Sox fans are being too negative. Uh, I've done it many times. I'll, I'll do it many more times. They, they are a four-time champion in the modern era. No team has more titles and they've rebounded from the edge of disaster before. So it's not like this ownership group doesn't know it. They went from 2012 and Bobby Valentine to 2013 in a World Series win in one year. It is not over for them, but they have a lot to accomplish. They could oh, add Solaire no, Montgomery yeah. and they could immediately accomplish that. Exactly. Like I was literally, I was just about to chime in and just say that you're spot on with that. And and comic things, we're not forgetting about the Red Sox winning four championships since 2004. No. Um, but um, like you should still be going for championships. If you're the Red Sox, you shouldn't be taking the foot off the gas pedal. I think you should put the foot firmly on the gas pedal. And so far to this point, um, I mean, at, at, at least as of this point in the off season, they have not done that. For sure. Maybe just rid of the Blair thing. So yeah, I mean, that's, it turns out that that is out there. It's out there now, but if you're watching the show and you're not living on Twitter, refreshing, living and dying, then maybe you got it from us. Credit to Hammond and credit to Andrew Golden who he credited uh good move 
like that guy. Um, yeah. Another another team on my list is Jordan Montgomery's most recent team, the Texas Rangers. Now, maybe a bit of a controversial one just because they won the World Series. What more did you want from them? It's it's natural to take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit if you are the defending World Series champs. It, it's just only natural to like first World Series in franchise history too. They're going to breathe a little bit. They're going to be like, I mean, we don't need to be the aggressors. We're the team that everybody's chasing. But with Montgomery sitting around seemingly between the Red Sox and the Rangers, I'm going to put them on this list just because they're banking on a lot of midseason returns. DeGrom, Scherzer. You can't play yourself out of the AL West in the first half waiting for that to happen, especially with a guy like Montgomery on the market. The Mariners have been aggressive lately. I don't think they've done enough to dethrone the division champs, but Polanco's a big move, and the Astros are going to be the Astros in perpetuity forever. So don't bank on a midseason resurgence. If Jordan Montgomery's in your backyard, got to get that done now. If I if I were ranking teams on this list, I think I'd rank them fifth, but they're on my list. Yeah, I think I would put them fifth on my list as well. And it's just for them, it's just a waiting game for the TV deal. And obviously, they've done uh, certain things. They've ended up adding some some pretty good veteran players actually have minor league deals. I was really intrigued by the way, with the Jared Walsh deal for the Rangers. I thought that was a good move by them kind of under the radar. Um, and they also got David Robertson on a deal most recently. That's a major league deal, obviously. And, and the present day value on that, cause I know there was some deferred money in that deal. Um, I don't know if this is out there yet, but it was like 9.94 million somewhere in that ballpark is what the present day value on that deal was, which uh, good value overall, but the Rangers coming off that World Series should not be done. And that, to me, is a team that screams a perfect fit for Jordan Montgomery. Obviously, they got him at the deadline last year. They really liked him. He was instrumental in that postseason run. And every indication is, is that Montgomery liked being in Texas. And um, you can only wait so long, though, until you have to make a decision on where you sign. And obviously, when Bryce Harper was a free agent, he didn't sign until late February. So it's clear that his agent – um, Scott Boris is very comfortable with waiting. And obviously he, he's, he's got to wait now because he's got Jordan Montgomery. He's got Matt Chapman. He's got Cody Bellinger and he's got Blake Snell, the four of the top players in the market. So clearly he's comfortable waiting. Um, but Montgomery is a really interesting one. And I mean, you can look at the Rangers. I mean, as I said, the Red Sox make a lot of sense. There's plenty of other teams that make sense too. And another here's one point that I've thought about, Adam, that I want to that I want to bring up is that the longer that these free agents linger on the market, there's obviously a possibility that that price comes down for these guys. And at that point, could we end up seeing more teams hop into this thing? That's just something that I'm wondering. It seems like a classic case of at some point throughout the offseason, there end up being talk about a mystery team hopping in somewhere. Like I'm, I'm not reporting anything. I want to make that abundantly clear, but it feels like we're ripe for one because we really have not had a good mystery team situation pop up this winter. Um, but man, oh man, this is uh, this is probably one of the slowest markets that I've ever seen, and I've had plenty of agents and executives tell me the same thing. And the slow market and these guys, the price is theoretically coming down or having to come down because we're getting to the damn season. Factors in a another team that could make a play for one or two of the Boris clients. The comments are on it. So, you know, I was ready to talk about it. Anyway, the Cubs are on my list uh, because Craig Council 
is just the start of an offseason. Craig Council and Hector Neris is not a complete offseason, especially for a team that missed the playoffs last year and a team that can't afford to lose Cody Bellinger if they intend to make the playoffs this year. So I would consider signing one of the Boris four being enough to get you onto my list of got to do a big thing. But if you're in play for Matt Chapman too, or at least circling that, you know, that market, that certainly qualifies. It feels like it's, it's feels unlikely to me the Cubs end up with two of them, but if you're involved on two of them, then you have to be on my list here. Oh, a hundred percent. And like the Cubs for me are, are numero uno on this list. Cause mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, uh, the entire off season, it is remarkable. I've had Cubs fans such as uh, Jacob and Hunter Miser and and plenty of other guys in these comments asking me and telling me that Jed Hoyer is sleeping. And I mean, he, Hunter's even picking on mattress colors for Jed. And I mean, this is this is unbelievable. I'm seeing that in the comments here. And um, I, it's the Cubs have to do something, and I'm confident they will do something. And and this is a case where. Jed Hoyer is very, very patient, and he is very good at waiting out markets, and he's very good at identifying value. And he's done that so far this offseason with Imanaga, which was viewed universally uh, as a club-friendly deal. Yeah. And you also get Hector Neris on, on a really good team-friendly contract. He was one of the best relievers on the market and someone who was a pretty important piece to that Astros clubhouse. Um, so it's – He's done a really good job, and I don't anticipate him overpaying for any of these other free agents. I think he's trying to find the best deals possible, and he's his history of doing that would give me confidence as a Cubs fan. Anything can happen, but I would be I would be surprised, and this is just an opinion, if he was able to get both Bellinger and Chapman. That, I mean, obviously it would be great, but that's a really really expensive haul right there. Yeah, and. We didn't rank these teams, but you ranked the Cubbies number one. I think I mentally did too. I think they were, they're probably my number one, just because it feels like the easiest path towards a big deal. Um, But speaking of a team that can make a splash or is splashless or needs to decide whether they even care about making a splash, what are the Angels? Um, Decide who you are this offseason. And maybe what you are is completely unpredictable. And maybe what you are under Artie Moreno is two-faced and you're a different thing depending on which day you wake up but with all these Boris clients still available they made my list because they've got the relievers down they clearly look they did the most last year did they make the best signings and trades no they put them all on waivers in August but they certainly did the most and without Shohei Otani they need to they're right in that Red Sox camp you got to pick a lane too man uh, you got to do something. So they're on my list. They're on my list too. And I will tell you, it's seemingly every day or quite often throughout the week, I'm reminded that Artie Moreno is as unpredictable as they come. Like he can wake up one morning and just all of a sudden decide to go on a, a gigantic spending spree. And and if there's any any sign of how unpredictable he is, obviously he went all in at the trade deadline and ended up getting Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez and others, and then literally three weeks later gave them up for nothing and just to shed payroll. And I mean, it's just like it can happen that quickly. And I've like I've seen 
I've seen reports about the Angels possibly being done. I don't think they're necessarily done. Like they're they're a team that has looked and evaluated anything and everything. Obviously, they've done a good job upgrading the bullpen. I thought getting Matt Moore back was a really good move for them. Um, they have also um, looked at starting pitching. They've also looked at like upgrading the lineup. They've looked up. They looked at outfield. Obviously, they got Aaron Hicks. They looked at infield help and the the signing of Hunter Dozier was decent insurance for Anthony Rendon. Um, so they, I mean, they've they've added pieces. I don't anticipate them being done. Um, as I said on the last podcast, like I don't consider a Bellinger or a Snell type to be um, particularly likely at this point. But that being said, one, Artie Moreno is unpredictable. I've, I've stated that seemingly every time we've talked about the Angels. And two, the longer these guys linger in the market, there's a possibility that their prices drop. And then there could be a team that hops back in. You never know, especially with the Angels. I think it's unlikely as of right now, but really, you, you, there's, you can't rule anything. Like I'd never rule anything out, but you can't rule anything out uh, until these guys are officially signed somewhere. And I see Angels need Snellinger. Take it from a Yankee fan. There's nothing you can do to guarantee your team doesn't get both players than combining their names into one name. Uh, signed Yamasoto. We got one. Another guy going somewhere else. So maybe if you want either Snell or Bellinger, maybe that's a helpful way to guarantee you get one, but not both, and end up slightly disappointed on the other end and a little bit deflated. My fifth team... And after this one, I'm just going to open it up and say, is there anybody I missed? Is there anybody who would have made your list that I didn't hit? But the Orioles got that new ownership group coming in. It smells nice. Homegrown cores there. Overload of prospects at the upper levels of the minors are there. Uh, Non-locked down. Uh, Rutschman not extended. Gunner not extended. Jackson Holiday not extended, et cetera. Uh, that's in play now for sure. They can get ahead of the market to get some of that done. They could be the Steve Cohen of the AL East uh, and hopefully make smarter signings and not Max Scherzer, not Justin Verlander. But uh, everything could change for the Orioles and it could change quickly. They're now suddenly under pressure to do like one showy thing before the season, in my humble opinion. Not like they can't in the future if they don't, but I do feel like now... You got a couple of months where the ownership group can come in and be like, thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be in Baltimore. Also, Gunnar Henderson is going to be here for 12 years and just drop the mic. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot more that, that probably comes into play now for the Angels or for the Orioles, I mean. And like I had thought going in the last offseason that they should have ended up getting Carlos Correa. Obviously, that did not happen. Yeah. This winter, it seems like they should um, have been firmly involved for Dylan Cease just because of how much prospect capital they have and how much of a need they have atop the rotation. Like that makes so much sense for them. Um, but they have not really, it, nothing has ever come close there. And I think they should absolutely explore that. And if they don't end up doing it now, then you can look at a Corbin Burns type or a Dylan Cease type at the deadline. And there's no guarantees a Brewers trade um, burns at the deadline, especially if they're contending. And if you look at that Brewers roster now, 
seems like there's a legit chance that they are going to be contending, especially in that division. So, um, but I think there's a lot more things that are in play now for the Orioles now that now that they have new ownership, and it's about time because that team, with how young talent or how much young talent they have, they are primed to make a. They're primed to have an extended World Series run here, and they should maximize it as much as they can. And by the way, I see all the comments here about why is it my team in this top five list. We could literally name 25 teams that should be more active in free agency yeah, here. It's fine. Um, and it's my, yeah. it was my five. So I left yeah. you guys out. Yeah. And, and I totally get the giants chatter too. Like that is a team that should make some more moves. And I think they will make some more moves. And Matt Chapman there makes so much sense, especially with the Farhan Zaidi and Bob Melvin connection. Like that is one that I think makes so much sense for both sides. They have the money to do it clearly. Um, and they don't have too much tied up in the books long-term. I think that just makes so much sense. Um, and by the way, Justin in the comments here makes a really good point that Jackson Holiday and Gunnar Henderson are both represented by Scott Boris. So I would not get your hopes up for an extension for either one of those guys uh, before they become free agents. Because when I tell you that is not part of the Boris playbook, that might be the understatement of the century. But now they do have the money to sign them when they do hit free agency, in theory. Um, the Giants, I, I see. I think the Padres were, were, would be closer to my list than the Giants. I understand why Giants fans are frustrated because they're watching the team strike out on all these top free agents. But that Robbie Ray blockbuster trade, Jordan Hicks, uh, move uh, Luciano in at shortstop full-time, and Lee in the outfield, that's a nice $100-plus million signing. I think they should do more. But I don't think that's in the like, oh, my panic mode. Like, if you're a Giants fan, I get why you're thinking that. But stepping, you know, 50 feet back, I'm like, you know what? That roster was kind of a wild card contender beforehand, and it's still kind of a wild card contender, and they got some nice pieces in there. Uh, Padres, I think, might have been my sixth team. But I don't know if there's anybody I left out or didn't mention at all that you feel like, hey, we got to mention. Yeah, I'll tell you, the, the teams for me were going to be the Giants and then the Padres, but I know we're going to be talking about the Padres here in a little bit. And I, I can give you guys some more information on the Padres because it seems like this is a very Padres-heavy chat. So Yeah, um, let's I'm, go I'm right there. Let's go right there because they, they do make that Wandy Peralta impression yesterday. Four years, three opt-outs. It's the kind of creative nonsense that we can kind of expect from AJ Preller. Um, is this the kind of thing we should expect from the relief market moving forward? I mean – Peralta, it's, it's cheap, right? Three opt-outs is a lot of opt-outs. And if he's good this year, he's not going to last a second year on $4 million. Um, but where did this come from? What's Preller cooking? And and how did we arrive at a point? I think a lot of us, I mean, Wandy Peralta's in the Yankees universe. I think we're looking at him like, can the Yankees go to two years for Wandy? And all of a sudden the Padres go four, technically. So what? how did this happen? Yeah, so uh, it was a few days ago where I ended up. I found out that Wandy Peralta was close to a deal somewhere, and then all of a sudden, like six hours later, I found out the Padres were close to something, and I didn't know necessarily what it was or who it was, and and all of a sudden the next morning I find out it's Wandy Peralta going to the Padres, and that was not something that was necessarily on my radar, but it was something that the Padres I think have really prioritized this winter is upgrading their bullpen, getting some options there because Josh Hader is obviously not there anymore. Uh, Robert Suarez obviously missed a lot of time last year with injury, and they want to have a lot of options for Mike Schilt in the bullpen there. And I continue to expect them to 
make more moves in terms of a starting pitcher. Um, and I think you could either, you could look at free agency as a realistic option. And I know uh, the mid tier market is something that they have indeed looked at. Um, and like, I, the Padres too, like obviously they, uh, like in terms of the, um, sorry, I just got something. Uh, I, I got to, I got to send a text real quick. Well, 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 well. Um, yeah, I think that the Padres have enough former Yankees at this point that uh, I understand the signing. But you're right. I I didn't have I had Peralta leaving New York on my radar. I did not have Peralta going to San Diego. I thought he'd be a Met. And as you were talking, you know, as we were talking about you getting increasingly confident he was going somewhere, I was pretty confident he was going to be a Met. I was trying to be a Adam Sources on that one, and I got stepped on by AJ Preller. So. Uh, shout out to that crazy guy. Uh, look, I like the player. I think like uh, five plus FIP last year, get ground ball getter, soft contact inducer, high walk rate last year. As a Yankee fan, we were sort of waiting for the bottom to fall out, wondering if the you know the ERA was going to match the FIP. But uh, yeah, I guess it hasn't yet. I've got it. Should I just say it on the pot here? Do it. Uh, it's Jazz Chisholm. He ended up losing his arbitration case against the Miami Marlins. So we got arbitration news. That's uh, that is that is one thing I got. You scared me on Jazz in general, though. I was like, Jazz. Yeah, I made sure to say that as quickly as I could because I didn't want people to think he got traded or whatever. Um, but yeah, that is uh, that that is something. Yeah, but anyway, anyways, uh, going back. Sorry, sorry for the uh, sorry for the um, the excitement there. That was obviously a really boring news drop, but yeah, hey, we got at least bad. something live on the pod. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so going back to the Padres for a second here is they are a team that obviously with AJ Preller has been really unique in structuring contracts, and I, I've heard from different agents over the years of just how creative A.J. Preller can get. There was a, a case recently, I was I want to say it was like a year or two ago, where he ended up offering a player a five-year deal with four player options. And I'm under the impression there's been much more of that too. And I don't think there's another GM in baseball who is necessarily quite like that. And I give him credit because he thinks outside the box and does things his way, and he's convicted in it. I, I respect that wholeheartedly. Um, and they are indeed looking for outfield help, as many of the people in the comments here are, are asking for and praying for. I don't necessarily know what their budget is for the outfield position at this point. Um, I think outfield, a left-handed bat, and then adding to the rotation is atop their wish list. But, um, yeah, I'm curious to see how they go about upgrading that rotation because a free agent signing or a trade, I know there's been – People in the comments here saying there's been reports about a potential trade. Um, like in the future, not, uh, to my knowledge, nothing's close. So I want to make that clear. Um, but yeah, I, I expect more movement from AJ Preller. I don't necessarily think he's done at all. I just don't, I don't think this is going to be the winner of the big move for them. Or like with, with, with the prime superstars, I mean. Yeah. I mean, with all that creativity, uh, shots fired at Wandy Peralta, not a superstar, I guess. Uh, with all that creativity, it's a shame that he couldn't get in the Otani market. I also just got a text. Um, Jazz Chisholm 
got an espresso. So he's going to be awake for the rest of the day. We'll see what happens. Apparently it's his birthday today, too. Happy birthday, Jazz Chisholm. You, <laughs> you just lost your arbitration. You should have just announced that. The Jazz Chisholm is celebrating a birthday today at the Clevelander in downtown Miami. Um, let's talk. Uh, I want you to open the notebook before we sign off for sure. Uh, just want to touch on the Colt Keith deal, which I don't think we talked about on the last show. But the Tigers lock up one of their top prospects before his MLB debut. I think a lot of people, that seems to get universal acclaim when it happens, even though it doesn't always work. You know, the Phillies did this with Scott Kingery, and I don't think they're excited that they did. But uh, that that was kind of a lightning bolt out of nowhere for me. Have you heard any rumblings about top 100 names who could get locked up before the season? I also wonder if the Red Sox are, are going half throttle or whatever they're doing, if they can't maybe give Tristan Casas a little bit of love before the season starts, uh, Brian Bayo took a step back last year. So I don't know if he'd be happy about extending now, but I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the Red Sox when I think about that, but obviously my sensors are, are up right now that the Tigers have made their move. Yeah, I think it was a smart move by the Tigers. I mean, Colt Keith, very talented guy, and that's someone that organization is extremely high on and think could be a really meaningful player for them down the road and even this year. And we've seen deals like this get done in the past too. And Braves have obviously been very aggressive in terms of these early contracts. Uh, we saw the Mariners do it years ago. Uh, who was who that player that they ended up? It was they just traded Evan, into the Braves and then Evan, they, Evan White got a big deal and it's like yep. yeah, not great. That doesn't bode well. But yeah. No, and then uh another one was uh Discord legend uh, Scott Kingery. Um yeah. yeah, which I mean that's yeah. But anyways, like we've seen deals like that, they've worked out for the teams, and then we've also seen them not work out for the teams and really benefit the player. And I think there's a, a really interesting case to be made here in terms of whether or not a player should do these early deals. Um, and I would not be surprised if we see more of these at some point down the, or for the rest of the off season here, I think, uh, how the Braves have done it. Like this is a copycat league and obviously the Braves have had a ton of success with it. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see those conversations continue to happen throughout the spring. And maybe it leads to another deal or two or three, who knows, but, um, I would not be surprised if if we have more after this one. I'll I'll leave it at that. I'm intrigued. It's it's look, it's it's a good way to score yourself some points. If you aren't extending your big money guys, just getting ahead of it and giving a little bit of less cash up front. Uh sometimes they don't work out, but they're never massive expenditures. Uh now let's empty the notebook a little bit. And I know you got some dope, at least on the Toronto Blue Jays here which uh, our comment section is, is hungry for. So I'll turn it over to you for a couple of things that we have not touched on yet in this show. Yeah, as far as the Blue Jays, I, I had said on the last show, and I'll reiterate it again, I don't think they're done. Um, I, I really don't. I know that their general manager and that front office have, have poked around on a few different things. I, I don't anticipate a big move. At this point, I want to make that clear, but I think they can end up making some other moves to to round out the roster. And who knows? Like as I've said throughout this podcast, if Bellinger and Chapman continue to linger on the market and their prices come down, then it, it's anyone's guess on where those guys could end up. Um, but I know uh, Shai Davidi and Ben Nicholson Smith, who are very plugged in there 
in Toronto have said that they think the heavy lifting for them is done. Um, I th- like more, most likely done. I think that's probably right, but I don't anticipate the blue Jays being done. I think they're going to make at least another move or two, but I just would not get your hopes up for a big move. Um, and then if we're looking at another one that I want to touch on too, is the pirates. Mm-hmm. I know we got plenty of pirates fans here. Um, yeah. They are indeed like they've had conversations with more pitching. Um, I, I wouldn't anticipate it being like a a big name by any means, but like, I mean, obviously Noah Syndergaard is a player of interest, as I've reported. Uh, Eric Lauer is another name of interest. I know they've poked around um, on, on some other pitchers, but um, yeah, I wouldn't anticipate a big name there. And another one that they have indeed shown interest in is. Uh, Wait, why am I drawing a blank on the catcher? Uh, just with the Padres last year, former Yankee Gary Sanchez. Oh, Gary, Gary, yeah, yeah. Gary Sanchez is a is a name of interest for the Pirates. Don't believe anything is close, but um, he is someone that they do like. And who knows? But I don't know what the rest of his market looks like. But he uh, he would make sense for them for sure. And I, I'll I'll answer some more questions here too. Yes. Um, as far as David Contreras, are the Dodgers done? Um, I don't necessarily think they are done. I think they really need another starting pitcher and Clayton Kershaw obviously makes plenty of sense there. Um, wait, what's that? Well, the Dodgers were, uh, number six on my list for teams that yeah. need to do more before the season starts. So, come on guys. We, we're, what are you guys up to? Your roster's uh, woefully incomplete. Uh, you've only signed seven of the top names on the market. So they were right there. They just missed. Yeah, and I, by the way, it was interesting because I on the last podcast too, I did read off the Jake, James Paxton contract terms, mm-hmm. and I I noticed it was seven million bucks, which I should have done more digging on that in hindsight. Um, but uh, but yeah, seven million. They got a. I mean, it's still the incentives can get it up to thirteen mil, but there was some sort of medical issue, uh, as Fabian Ardaya of the Athletic reported, uh, that resulted the guarantee of going from eleven to seven million bucks. Uh, still a good deal and gives him a chance to win a ring. Obviously Kershaw is still in play with, with uh, the Dodgers and yeah, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily done, but I mean, at this point, I mean, they've had, they've had a decent winner. I mean, adding um, Shohei Otani, Yamamoto, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, James Paxton and, and others. I mean, that's, you can't really go wrong with that. Y'all take it. Y'all, y'all take it if you have to. Um, I, James Paxton, injury concern. That doesn't sound like the James Paxton I know. That's interesting. They're going to have to investigate that. Um, well, that was our list. Those are our teams. And luckily, there's still a little bit of time on the clock for those teams to get more done. Uh, hopefully, we get some moves and concrete rumors to talk about the next couple shows. We're going to be right back here on Monday, I believe, 3.30 Eastern, talking it out, covering what we got uh, opening that notebook again, answering questions. Make sure to join us between shows. Get your questions in. We'll chat about it. We're trying to do big things this year. We've got uh, insiders interested. Uh, we're interested in having some more insiders on the show. I know you mentioned, hey, maybe we got a little Heyman down the pike. Maybe we got a little Jeff Passan showing up at some point down the pike. Uh, we hear you. We're interested. We're going to try to make it happen. This is going to be a big year on the show. Just because it was a slow off season. Doesn't mean we're not going to have a big year. That's what I always say. That's exactly what I say too. And I'll, I'll even ask people, cause I've asked this in the discord. I'm curious people who are watching this now, would you want John Heyman 
and Jeff Passett on this podcast? Say yes in the comments if so, because uh, if, if that is something that people want, uh, I mean, who am I not to deliver? Uh, I think we should absolutely try to make that happen because that'd be a good time. Um, and those are two very good friends. And yeah, I think that I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, just be be cool in the comments. Be chill. Wear your best uh, wear your best formal wear. Maybe wear a tux. <laughs> I know I'll, I'll suit up if we get passing uh, or Heyman, but we're definitely working on that. Uh, that should come down the pike, hopefully. So we're excited to bring you as as good uh, a good a list of guests as possible. Our an all star roster of guests akin to what the Los Angeles Dodgers have uh, acquired so far this off season. Um, we will see everybody right back here on Monday. 3.30 Eastern time on the Baseball Insiders feed. Um, for Robert Murray, I am Adam Weinrib. Uh, but Robert, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, man. I know that uh, two shows this week, both big ones, my voice is given out for whatever reason, but you always give it your best, and you give it your best again today. Hey, I, I, I try my best at least. Your, your voice sounds good to me, Adam. Uh, I could not tell it was going on at all, so I, I'm proud of you for battling through it. Uh, you're a legend as always. And and thank you everyone who tuned in and watched the show today. Good, good show, active comment section. And we'll, uh, we'll see everyone on Monday. How's that sound, Adam? Oh, it sounds good to me. Uh, we'll see y'all show up in the comment section again, make your voices heard, ask us your questions. We'll get as many of them answered as we can. Until then, I'm Adam Weiner for Robert Murray. We'll see you later.